You're listening to the Holy Hot Mess Mom podcast. I'm Heather, and I like to treat this podcast like we're just old friends sitting around in our jam jams with no makeup, a messy bun, and probably some sort of bodily fluid on our shirt from a child. In this show, we chat about homemaking, simplifying mommyhood, Jesus, and everything in between. This is a place where we embrace that life can sometimes be a crazy, beautiful, hilarious mess. I want to give you the encouragement, support, and some practical tips to help you thrive, even when some days you might feel like you're riding the Holy Hot Mess Express. So grab Grab a cup of coffee or wine if it's been one of those days. Relax, let's chat. Hi everyone, I'm glad to be back. Honestly, we've been dealing with so much sickness and nasty and exhaustion in this house that I haven't had a chance to record and we've just kind of been on the struggle bus. So we haven't really left our house in like five days because everybody's been so sick I just took everybody to the doctor this morning and we've got ear infections for everyone. You get an ear infection, you get an ear infection, but we have been exposed to mono and everybody tested negative for mono. So I'm praising Jesus about that one. I am really excited because in this episode, I'm talking with Caroline. She is on the Instagram handle, be still by Caroline and she's a gem. So she's got this crazy past that could have ruined her, but instead God ultimately used it to build her into this wonderful, amazing person that she's one of those people that you meet on social media and you feel like, yeah, she's one of my people. Like she's so real and genuine and funny and life isn't a cakewalk. And she admits that. And She's just, she's the sweetest. And so I really wanted to have her on the podcast to talk about a few things to talk about when you're married or getting married to a non-Catholic because she is in the process. She's engaged to Marshall, who's a non-Catholic. I wanted to talk to her about how she got her job at Church Pop, about her past with addiction and therapy and all these things that like we're not supposed to talk about in the world because everything's perfect and wonderful, right? Wrong. Um, I wanted to talk to her about Be Still by Caroline, which is her little Etsy business that she had that is amazing. Like a million things. I kid you not. This conversation is very long, but I'm going to chop it up into multiple episodes because it's all good. Like it's all so good. When we talked, it was one of those, like, I feel like I'm talking to a friend and it was so much fun. So if you're ready to buckle down, then here is my chat with Caroline, and I'm going to leave all the links to everything she talks about, everything we talk about in the show notes. You can go to the um, the episode link for on my website for this episode, find all of the things on Instagram, and I really hope you guys enjoy our super chill talk. We ended up talking for two hours and 17 minutes, so... If that says anything about how casual and fun this conversation was, um, but all the links will be in the show notes and I really hope you guys have fun sitting and chatting with us. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to meet you. I know. I kind of feel like we're already friends, so. I know. It's so weird. I know. Social media is really weird like that. (laughs) I know. Sorry, I'm getting a Diet Coke. No, it's okay. 
I desperately um, needed some sort of caffeine, and I didn't get it today, so. I don't know how you deal with caffeine. Um, so, yeah. I do. I had coffee, but at the end of the day, I was like, I really just want, like, a vanilla Coke, and I didn't have anything oh, yeah. at the house, but I was not putting all four children in the car to go no. get one. Okay. So, does, so your hubby works all day, and then he comes home at night, and you're with the kids all day? Uh, yeah, he is, I don't know what's going on with these headphones. I'm like hearing myself talk and it's weird. I don't have headphones. Can you still hear me? Oh yeah. You're good. You're good. Um, yeah. So when, when we were in New York, he pretty much went to work at like seven 30 worked out for an hour and a half, like mandated by work. And then he would work until five and be home by five thirty, and it's like everything was grand but now he's flying and he's an instructor so oh. there's some days it's like he comes home at three and he's home with everybody all day and then there's days like yesterday he's like gone before we're all awake and then he gets home like 20 minutes before everybody goes to bed so oh yeah Bless i mean you. it's it's definitely better than him i don't know i mean sometimes it's when they're gone, it's just like you just deal, you know, and like life goes on and you figure it out. So sometimes these days where it's like, I don't know when daddy's come home, like is kind of rough. But yeah, it's those times where I'm like, like today I was like 530. He'll be home at 530. He's not flying today. And then it was like, I kept looking at his location and I was like, he's still on base and he's still on base. I was like, oh, no, yeah. and it's like, it's like you can't be mad at him, but like you're complain all day to him because why would he want to come home? <laughs> right. <laughs> if all day I'm like these kids, you know. So right. you're like, oh my gosh, they were so great. I think you should really hang to joy. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday he actually walked in the door and he was like, "Your watch has ended." <laughs> you're like, thanks. I'm gonna clock yep. out now. Yep. I've actually told my kids before, like, mommy doesn't mom after 7.30, so <laughs> if you are not in bed, then I can't tell you what's going to happen in life, because 7.30 is better. Right, out of office. Yes. My or dad. And if not, then just figure it out. Come yeah, resolution. exactly. That's exactly That's that. so funny. At okay. least you have four of them. Yeah, you know, they occupy like, each other, and the five-year-old is basically mm -hmm. forty, so he takes care of everybody. Hey, that's how I was when I was younger. Are you a firstborn? Yeah, yeah, I'm me too. Such a believer in the what is it birth order? So this is really interesting. So my mother-in-law is adopted, uh huh, and so is her sister. Okay. So my grandmother-in-law, Frances, bless her, she and her husband were told that they were barren. So they didn't, they, I mean, they weren't not trying to have kids, but it yeah. just wasn't happening. wasn't happening. One thing led to another and somehow they adopted like my mother-in-law and Lori. Mm -hmm. So they adopted Lori first, but Lori was like the fifth child this woman had had. Mm -hmm. And, um, so she was not a firstborn, like in the womb. Yeah. But my mother-in-law is the second in her family, in her adoptive family, but she was the firstborn of her birth mother. Yeah. So she is second born in her family, but she is a firstborn child. I think it's like, I personally think that like 
I mean, I've been learning a lot about like female like anatomy thanks to NFP. Yes. And I think that like all of your good hormones get given to the first kid. But also, I think all of your like obsessive, terrified, I don't know what's happening with my body, everything feels like something's horribly wrong, like mm-hmm. that, like up to yeah. level, I feel like, like it was first... given to me. I feel that way about my own life. Like, I don't know, something's wrong. <laughs> right. I don't know. I actually left church a few weeks ago. We have like this really tiny parish down the road from our house. It's like five minutes away. And it's super small, and I am very attracted to, like, the grand, beautiful, like, cathedral churches. It makes me just, like, absorb the grandeur of God. So when I go to these, like, post-Vatican II brown, you know, it just, it doesn't give me, I know I'm still there, I'm still getting the Eucharist, I'm still getting the Word, but, like, as far as, like, the lift your hearts up to heaven. It's not, yeah. It doesn't feel like it's really there, so... Bless it, like, this priest is so sweet. He's from Kenya, and he's just adorable, and he's so sweet. But we were running late, and so we get to, like, the stoplight to either go right and go to our parish or go left. And I was like, well, we're going to be late to St. Joe's, so let's just go to this one because it starts at 10 instead of 930. And we got there, and I'm in the cry room with the twins because they're just all over the place. And they're processing in, and somebody comes in, and they're like, we need a police officer, some man's here that we're like not okay with. And I instantly was like, I went and got, I was like, we need to all be in the cry room. My husband's like, what are you talking about? We need to leave. Like, and of course my head instantly is like shooting and this and like, you know, get in here. my brain spirals. And so like I get home and I'm like, (gasps) but I'm still like, I have to fulfill my mass obligation. Right. My husband doesn't get it, but I, I mean, that's just where your mind goes whenever you're an anxious person. There you are. I think I lo- okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I watched your life on the rock. Yeah. Okay. So I had like gone onto church pop and Googled Caroline. Cause I didn't even know your last name. <laughs> so I Googled I, Caroline. I try to avoid it because like, I, the, I just don't like my last name. I think that I was given this last name with like, this like motivation to find a man to help me change it. Like if I had a great last name, maybe I wouldn't be so excited to marry Marshall. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I went from an H last name to a Y. Ooh. And I don't have the patience for it at all. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a little rough, like sitting through graduations and stuff. I'm like, Oh "Oh." gosh. It's those days where you're like, please do it reverse order. Reverse, yeah. yeah. So, okay, so I'm watching your video and I'm instantly like, oh man, I'm gonna have so much I wanna ask her. But I first want you to tell me how you were raised faith wise. Okay. And then I need you to tell me the St. John Paul's story because I need to know. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't, I don't know if we have time. Like we might have to dedicate like an entire episode to that. Well, then we could just make this one that episode and okay. then, and then we'll just move on from there. Whatever. Okay. Well, um, I was raised in a Catholic family. Okay. So both parents um, were Catholic. Yeah. So my birth dad, I mean, on a side note, this is the reason why I know that like, just because you're Catholic, you're not a good person. 
Um, and this is not going to be like a roast session about my birth dad because I've paid way too many therapists to get me through that. <laughs> so we're not going to slip back into that. No, no. Um, but my birth dad and my mom had me and then he was out of the picture, like from when I was born. And so I lived with my mom. My mom was 24 when she had me. Mm-hmm. And back and back in the day, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so young. But now I'm like, that's really young. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm like 27 and I'm like, oh my gosh. Anyway, my mom had me when she was 24 and I was her firstborn, right? And I, <laughs> the best one. Yeah, um, exactly. And Sorry to my sister if she listens. <laughs> my little sister's in the other room. She's like Snapchatting or something, so she doesn't even care. Yeah. Um, she's 18. So see. She's only 18? I didn't know yeah, that. You'll what see. What is she going to do whenever you get married? Well, she's moving back home. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. she And she she's the classic middle child. Like Evelyn. Yeah. She's, yes. <laughs> classic middle child. Like super, super cute, but every once in a while you're like, what are you? Yeah. yeah. Like what planet did you come from? <laughs> right. Yes. Like let's, let's try that again. Yeah. Um, excuse me. So I lived, I spent a lot of time with my, excuse me, my grandparents and my grandparents are very, very devout. And I spent a lot of time with them growing up. Like my mom was working at like a, as a photographer at a photography place and like modeling and doing whatever she was doing at 24 years old. Yeah. And I was spent a, a child. Time, like, right. right. Yeah. And I spent, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. So they, and to this day, they still like are like the rocks in my life when it comes to faith. Um, just seeing how they live in this world and they, you know, my grandpa's very successful in business, very business oriented. And my grandma is very social and, you know, like spunky, but they are rooted in the faith. So it kind of showed me that like, your your faith life doesn't have to mean that you like don't participate in the world in the world right? like you're in the world but you're not of the world of the world yes yeah thank you I was I was trying to think of that like phrase but I couldn't yeah. so I just pretended like I wasn't gonna say it anyway they I spent a lot of time with them growing up I went to Catholic preschool Catholic school which was amazing because I think that that was kind of the bedrock that I ended up falling back on mm-hmm um it's like where you felt comfortable mm -hmm, yeah and so my mom got remarried um to my dad who I called dad Mm -hmm. when I was five and his name I've talked about this before but his name's Joseph and I remember my mom explaining to me because I was like three when they met I had just turned five when they got married so I remember her explaining to me like that he was my dad you know and she was like you know how Saint Joseph like was Jesus's foster father, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so St. Joseph was like the first saint that I was like, oh my gosh. And then shortly after that, after my parents had gotten married, they're trying to sell the house that they had first gotten married in um, or like first lived in when they got married. They were trying to sell that house because we were going to move out south. And I was in Denver at the time. I grew up in Denver. And they buried Joseph in the backyard. And I freaked out. I went like eight. I was like, why are you doing that? Yeah. <laughs> That's Joseph. I freaked out. Um, but that was my first, you know, I became aware of, you know, different Catholic traditions. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was all a learning experience. Um, so during that time, and I've talked a little bit about this. And so I'll just like 
kind of step over this part just because it's an again it's an entire different episode yeah my birth dad was very um very like very abusive and he only had visitation rights like every once in a while but it wasn't good and so I was going through these terrible things Mm -hmm. and but I I wasn't a bad kid like yeah I read a lot and I'm like okay maybe there were some you know, things that my parents might have, you know, like been able to tell that something was up. But overall, I prayed the guardian angel prayer every night. And I, to this day, like, that's why I survived. I mean, I wasn't exactly thriving for a long period of my young adult life, but I survived. Yeah. Um, So after middle school, when I um, was entering into high school, we moved to Austin. And Oh, and during this time, my mom had my little brother and sister. Yeah. Um, <laughs> during that time. They're obviously, they're not Those important. people. I'm, I'm not the firstborn, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, moved to uh, Austin for high school. I was in the faith, but it was my first experience, like, not being a Catholic school. So we actually had to, like, work towards it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, high school's hard in general. Like, yeah. high school sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it really does. It wasn't as bad as middle school. I was bullied really badly in middle school. I was bullied pretty badly in middle school. And in high school, I kind of just, like, I had acquaintances. Yeah. But, like, I wasn't one of the cool kids at all. Right. And, yeah, but it's just, like, a hard time. Like, I keep thinking, like, okay, maybe I'll homeschool till sixth grade. And then I'm like, no, 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 Maybe through sixth grade because middle school is rough. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember being made fun of for having braces, for having freckles, like, right like things that are like, everybody has braces and freckles. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember, um, it was actually at a Catholic school here in Denver and I like actually saw the, ga- the, the gal, you know, you're going to old when you call someone gal. A gal. I saw the gal. Like when you that- call your parents, your folks. <laughs> I haven't gotten to that point yet. My husband does. He's been doing it since we met. And we met when he was 21. So I'm like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> your your oldest is going to be one that's going to call you his his folks. Yeah, he calls folks. me mother already. <laughs> mother. When did you turn 40? He actually asked me, this is hilarious. I, so I don't know why. Oh, we were like explaining to them that we can't just go out and buy a 15,000 or $1,500 play set for the backyard. Like we have school loans we have to pay off and, and he asked questions. So we're like, okay, so we made this little like thermometer, you know, like once we save up this money, then we can get the play set. But like, we have to pay off these loans and like, these are adult priorities. So I don't know how it came about, but we told him that like, we put our money in a savings account instead of keeping cash because it gains interest. And he's five and he genuinely is like, what's interest? So <laughs> I tell him, so he gets like $5 for his birthday and he's like, I need a bank account. <laughs> he's oh like, this is gosh. not going to gain any interest in my piggy bank. Like he was so distraught about it. Wow. I, he needs, he needs to come and teach like financial responsibility <laughs> to 28 year olds. Like, yeah, I know. Right. So funny. Okay, oh sorry. So you were in Catholic high school. No, I wasn't in Catholic high school. I went to oh, you public. weren't in Catholic high school. Okay. Yeah. So it was like a huge shock. Um, and so high school happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing big. Yeah. Necessarily. And then college happened, and this was the first time when I realized that I could go 
somewhere and like leave my past behind, like recreate myself. Yeah. And I kind of got like addicted to it. Well, yeah. I got addicted to a lot of things, but yeah. Um, but this was my first addiction. Yeah. Of, like showing up and being like, oh my gosh, none of these people are going to talk to anybody else. I can like start fresh. Yeah. So it's that like start fresh thing, but you know, everywhere you go, there you are. So yeah. I joined a sorority and, and when I, when people know that I'm a recovering alcoholic slash drug addict, and then yeah. they find out I joined a sorority, they're like, Ooh, was that it? And I'm like, no, <laughs> if, anything, if anything, the sorority kept me like in check. Yeah. Like, but it also taught me that if things look good on the outside, no one's going to ask questions. Yeah. So. Which sorority were you in? Alpha Phi. Okay. I was in Alpha Gamma Delta for like a hot minute. I was only in for like four months. And then I had issues with the chapter advisor. So I got out and then, and it was all in desperation to find friends. Like I just. Oh yeah. Like Brandon had joined the Corps of Cadets. So he had all these new friends. I was doing a fifth year in college because addiction and issues like that. I did. I did a fifth year too. I call it a victory lap. I did two victories. (laughs) Because then I met this really cute guy who was staying an extra year. And so I I regret that every time I hit submit on the student loans every month. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it was like, I was desperate for these friends. And so I jumped in at the first opportunity. And so I got out, but then. Like three months after I got out, the chapter was dissolved from nationals because they were, they were causing so much debt to nationals because they couldn't pay their bills. So it was like, it was God moment, right? I know. (laughs) But my chapter president, Caroline was in my wedding. And so she, every person I've ever met named Caroline is great. So that's why we were like, Charlotte and Caroline for the twins. (laughs) Yeah, and you know what? I don't know where my baby doll is, but my one-eyed baby doll's name is Charlotte. <laughs> no way! Yeah. Let so me see funny I... story about being one-eyed. I have a lazy eye, so <laughs> when I was younger... <laughs> this is Charlotte. <laughs> when I was younger, I had to wear an eye patch. And, oh like, my... people still made fun of me for the freckles, even though I was wearing an eye patch. Like, what's you want wrong? something so messed up? The girl, oh, this is what I was telling you, the gal that bullied me the in gal. middle school that, like, now is in the same relatively, like, Catholic circles. Mm-hmm. She, I'm not going to say her name, just in case she listens to this, which yeah. she, you know who you are. <laughs> no, you did. Um, but she had an eye patch, and it was leopard, and so it was cool. I had the leopard eye patch, too, but it was not cool. <laughs> See, it's different strokes for different folks. It really is. Right, but isn't that crazy how it comes full circle though that she's in your Catholic circles now? Oh yeah, Very yeah. See, the past always haunts you. So oh, yeah. I went. I would join a sorority, and I worked really hard in school. Like I got all A's. Mm-hmm. Like in high school, I didn't because I didn't care. But I've always been a very ambitious person mm-hmm. and very disciplined in areas where I see fit. Like if I don't see like in my heart of hearts, if I don't feel like it's worth it, then I'm not going to be disciplined. Yeah. Like eating right. Eating didn't have the repercussions of like not eating right. So I don't have that determination to like put forth the effort. Yeah. Right. I mean, my metabolism is going to catch up to me someday and then I'll be like, Oh, I wish I would have, you know, yeah. But now I just don't see the point. Yeah. So, (laughs) 
So I got all A's in college. Everything was great. And I started drinking heavily, but I was able to manage it. And mm-hmm. it, it was one of those things where no one could really talk to me about my drinking because I didn't get a DUI. I didn't, I wasn't failing anything. I never lost a job, if anything. I still stand by the fact that me being able to like hold my liquor helped me in my work because I worked in politics Oh, and everyone's out there socializing and I just had some liquid courage and everything was great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my childhood. Yeah. I just cut that short, but yeah. And then I graduated after my fifth year and you know. And then you went to work for Fox News in New York City. Yeah, that was at the end of my four my fourth year of college. Okay. And I ended up completely like, going back to school. Okay. And I worked at my first time. It was it was an internship. So like two times. Mm-hmm. Um it was like an applied for position. And yeah. he did make he did make a joke one time that I have the face for radio. And I thought it was so funny. Get it? Like and I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And now I'm like, I dig radio. I dig podcasts. I totally have the face for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other joke was that I got asked the second, my second time I got asked back and I was a line producer for Fox Business, a okay. digital show. And it was a joke that they asked me back because I'm blonde. So that was a fun joke. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I lived in New York City by myself. Didn't know anyone there. My Caroline that was in my wedding lives in New York City now. She's an architect. So oh. she's in New York City. Yeah. So I always look at her life. I'm like, your life is so cool. See, I loved New York City. And I remember, like, that was, like, one of my biggest dreams, like, off my bucket list was to live in New York City and to wake up and listen to Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z. Yeah. And my fall out and it was awesome <laughs> but I had my time I went back there relatively recently and I'm like this is not conducive to my lifestyle nowadays yeah <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but I, I had fallen away from the church in college mm-hmm. so um so I was I wasn't I mean I think I went to mass a couple times this wasn't this was before I completely stopped going to mass but yeah um but yeah it was amazing New York and Fox News yeah have you ever been to New Orleans no, I've never been to Nala. Okay, so I grew up in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So I was like a China bus away from going to New York City. Mm. You would literally get on a China bus at a 7-Eleven in Virginia Beach <laughs> at midnight. You'd pay $35, and at 6.45 a.m., you were dropped off at the subway in Chinatown. And so I went a few times just to take dance classes, and like to go see friends but I would literally just go for like two days and come back because it was $35 round trip like yeah so New York City was always like my I love that place not that I ever wanted to live there but I just felt like I'm such a busy like go go yeah you feel like like... I felt like I was with my people like head down get it done you know so we went to New Orleans um my husband and I are not allowed to take a vacation with each other because every time we do we get pregnant <laughs> so we <laughs> we went to New Orleans and that's where we got pregnant with Evie and then we went to Cancun and we got a double dose. So see that's what happens in Cancun. That's exactly. Marshall and I are not going to Mexico for our honeymoon. That no. wasn't one of the reasons, but I mean I love twins, but I don't know about twins. Well, we also uh, but- found out later. So I went up to our priest, our beloved amazing priest, Father Murray. 
in New in New York, he had married us in the church because I got married by a Lutheran pastor in like a private, very small ceremony. And then our big wedding was by the associate pastor from that same church because I wasn't involved in the church. So no priest knew me well enough to be like, yeah, I'll marry you, even though you live here. And, you know, right. So but the deal was I'll get married in the Lutheran church, but our kids have to be baptized Catholic. And so like, <laughs> that was my deal. And um, so finally, I was like, you know what? I know that we're married. We've been married in a Christian rite. So like the church still finds it valid, but like I wanted it convalidated in the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. And um, so I talked to Father Murray and he was so sweet. He literally came over like one day, the kids are like running around in their jammies and he's like filling out all the paperwork and he's like, just sign it, like whatever. And he's like, I'm going to the, <laughs> he's so sweet. He's like, I'm going to the diocese tomorrow. Like, I'll just walk up to the bishop and be like, he's like, he was just in seminary with me. I'll just tell him to sign it. So he married us in like a really small, like I was just in this yellow dress, like, you know, uh-huh. me and the kids and two friends. And um, when we came back from Cancun a month later, um. He was like, oh, I'm glad you guys finally took a honeymoon. I'm like, yeah, finally, after seven years, you know, or six years or whatever it was. And um, and he was like, I'm not sure if you want to get pregnant or not, but, like, every time I marry, I can validate a marriage, like, they get pregnant pretty soon. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. Well, then the next month I came to him and I looked at him, like, after mass, I was like, Father Murray. And he was like, is it twins? And I was like, how did you know? And he was like, well, everybody I've convalidated their marriage they've gotten pregnant with twins so four people in like in that he had done like in the past 10 years convalidations they'd all gotten pregnant i know and i was like it's your fault i get goosebumps (laughs) i know i know and then he got to baptize them he's amazing but yeah that's amazing so yeah but anyways okay (laughs) don't trust me to tangents anything without a tangent no i can't do it either i can't (laughs) Especially because I don't legit like interviewing people. I'd rather just have a conversation, you know? Well, I thought you were, I don't, I don't talk to humans a lot of the time. So like when, like, at least you have like little humans, I don't even have any little humans and I work from home. So. Oh, you work from home. I didn't know that. You didn't? No. I mean, I knew you work for church pop, but I didn't know if like it was. So that was another question I wanted to ask you is how did you get to a church, a church pop job? Like that's. Well, okay. Well, we'll go through the like all the nitty gritty of what happened leading up to that. Yeah, because like, how do you go from being someone who's not going to church at all to working for the church? It's crazy. Long story long, (laughs) or we'll just do long story short. Like, I had fallen away. Whatever. One year after I graduated college, I did a little stint in rehab mm-hmm. and that hey was girl like, me too don't worry yeah yeah I had no idea yeah. oh my gosh rehab twins right <laughs> I had no idea that is so funny I mean not funny I mean it's not funny but it's nice to like feel like the stigma's I, washed away because it's like right. oh my gosh I don't know okay I know a lot of other Catholics that actually I don't know that's why I don't know any other Catholics that are like that have been to rehab Nope. Yep. And crazy how God works because the day I got out was my husband's birthday, but I didn't know him yet. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's funny because like I celebrate that day as my semicolon day because it's or around my semicolon day because like I almost off to myself and that was like my big awakening yeah. and and then it's like this new journey I was given like right. his birthday you know it's crazy that's yeah. awesome yeah so it's been about four years since I almost off myself okay um but I didn't get I went to treatment like May something of 2013 okay and then I was it 2013 15 2015. Okay. and um and of course you know went to rehab for 60 days yeah. went to a halfway a halfway house my birthday my, my belly button birthday is august 2nd mm. i didn't get enough presents for my birthday or whatever the reason was and i went out and got a shot of fireball which is like tic-tac which is like a tic-tac to a whale okay yeah so I restarted my sober date. So my sober yeah. date is August 9th of 2015. Okay. And so I did exactly like my first time ever, like willingness of doing it, of like going through it, but take a step back to my little, like come to Jesus. Yeah. Um, with John Paul II. This is okay. John well, actually, that's where we no. started. I couldn't oh, remember, but John Paul, John Paul was first introduced into my life when I was in fourth grade. Mm -hmm. I met him and for the longest time, it was like the only memory from like my childhood that was like really good. Cause I like finally came out about the abuse of my childhood, blah, blah, blah. My parents yeah. had, yeah, which actually is how it was with rehab too. I was always very good at hiding my emotions. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think. When you're an anxious, worried person, uh -huh. you hide all these things because you don't want to become a burden to anybody around you because yes. you're so anxious. Nobody will then want to be around you. Right. So yes. it was like, I kept all these things inside. And the night I almost off myself before I got off the phone with my mom, I said, I'm 90% sure I'm not going to kill myself tonight. Like, love you, mom. Bye. And she's like, what the hell is going on? She kept trying to redial me. And like, that's when I took a ton of pills. Like... But it was because I didn't want to tell anybody my problems because right. I was that happy person. You know what I mean? And I knew, and like, I think in my heart of hearts, I knew that, that if they, if I told them I was going to do what I wanted to do regardless. So I almost didn't want them to think that they had any control over what I was going to do. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I didn't want to like put that responsibility on them because at the end of the day, I was going to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up going through a medical withdrawal. Mm -hmm. So I was like in the psych ward, like I remember telling the nurse, this is, I ended up going home to my parents, telling them about my problem, sent me, I went to Minnesota, ended up in a psych ward, withdrawing from alcohol, like sweating all over. It was disgusting. Yeah. And I just remember being like, I don't even know. And I have the book, the big book of AA with me. Mm -hmm. And it was talking about like, God and your higher power and all this stuff. And I was like, honestly, like, I don't even, I can't even like conceptualize God. I just can't. Yeah. And I said, the only thing that comes to my mind when I think about God is the face of John Paul II. Yeah. And I just kind of made that click. And I was like, why? I don't like look, like, I'm so like devoted to him and his intercession now. But I look back and I'm like, I don't remember the day that he died. I don't remember. Oh, I do. See, I don't, I was away from the church. I, oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so I 
but he was the one that I like immediately just kind of was drawn to. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward, my grandparents ended up visiting me in treatment. They mm-hmm. were like praying for me, the Carmelites in Los Angeles, priests in Rome, like everybody was praying for me. I, like, there's a power of prayer. Oh and yeah. Like sitting right next to it. They gave me this with this little, I don't know where it is. It was a little note that came with this. And my grandma, it was this thing. And my grandma said, I'm holding up a crucifix to anyone who's listening. Oh, yeah, I forgot. It won't be a, <laughs> it won't be a video. <laughs> um, and my grandma said, I can't find the little note, but she said, um, you met him when you were younger. I think you'll need this. Stay close to him. And this was blessed. It was like held in the hands of John Paul II and blessed and given to them. That's so this was like my first, the first part of my collection that I now have definitely grown. Yeah. Uh, so John Paul II was the first. I had a little prayer card with a prayer to John Paul II. And I would pray to him. I'd say the serenity prayer. But I was obviously still wrapped up in a lot of fear, trying to, like, sort out what I remembered from my faith. And I was yeah. never one of those people that, like, bad stuff would happen to. And I'd be like, where was God and all of that? Like, yeah. I always knew he was there. I just didn't really want to talk to him. Because if you talk to him then you'd have to let him know what was going on. And then it's almost like I knew the power of prayer and I knew that going to him in prayer would require me to like take action or like change what I was doing. And exactly. As I, like by admitting that there's God <laughs> and a God that loves you and cares for you, then right. therefore you have to own up to the things that you're doing wrong. And that right. sucks. Yeah. I was like, I was not ready to do that. So yeah. a year later after um, John Paul II, then Our Lady of Guadalupe, Maximilian Colby, um, Our Lady and Maximilian kind of came around the same time. And so those were like my three. And then of course, Joseph. Yeah. Cause he was my confirmation saint. And I had to ask my parents, Hey guys, what's my confirmation saint again? And they're like, I don't know what mine is. Like, <laughs> They were like, Joseph, you were very, very happy about that. And I was like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and I was, yeah. I was like, I wasn't about drunk. That. I was in like sixth grade. Um, yeah. So then I ended up, I was a preschool teacher. I lived in a sober house. So I was in Minnesota for a year. Yeah. Okay. And then I find out my papa, who I've said I'm very, very close to, he was turning 80 and I like freaked out and I was like, he's going to die. Yeah. I have to go. He's like a very healthy 80 year, like 82, three year old man now. Yeah. He's fine. Uh, but I moved out here and I stayed at my grandparents' house. Aww. I had plenty and they, my grandparents are not the type that like bake cookies. I mean, they probably, my grandma probably would, but she's like, come here, get a job, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm living with them and I applied at every news station, every political organization thinking, and I had almost had a year uh, clean and sober at this point. I'm like, I'm going to get right back into the group of things. Mm-hmm. Well, God knew that that would not be good for Caroline. Yeah. <laughs> so I waited and I waited and no one called me back. I was like, no way. So I pouted about it for a while. And yeah. then, like, there were times where, like, have you, did you play The Sims when you were younger? Oh, yeah. My husband the other day was like, hey, you can get Sims 4 for free or something. And I was like, download that crap on the computer. Oh <laughs> he did because I have, you did <laughs> Anyway, uh. <laughs> but 
Okay, here's the deal. But I would always cheat. I always cheat. Oh, yeah. Mother load. (laughs) Mother load. Control, shift, C, mother load, mother load, mother load. Yeah. And if you if you ever want to kill one of your characters, you put them in the pool, take the ladder out, and just wait. And just wait. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. So And I always wanted to have a million kids, so I would just like lock them in the bedroom. Try for baby, try for baby. (laughs) Woohoo. Okay. This is embarrassing. Anyways. Anyway. Um it's not embarrassing because when I moved here, I like went through this period where I didn't have any friends. I was like playing sims all day <laughs> i love it i love it and my grandparents would walk in and they'd be like oh curl what are you doing i'm like oh i'm applying for jobs <laughs> and i'm like my sims are applying for jobs <laughs> and so i That's was awesome. just pouting i was like i am what i do like i gave myself that year of like rediscovering myself and healing and i'm like all right good now i'm ready to go and wasn't doing anything so Mm -hmm. I ended up getting a phone call random not completely randomly but from Ryan Thomas well I don't but he's like one of my bestest closest friends oh that's Um, awesome yeah it well he became one of my friends and so I basically showed up and I said this is what I can do this is my story do you guys have a place for me and they said, well, Church Pop is a service under EWTN. It's relatively new. Would you like to start their social media? And I'm like, yeah, totally. Yeah. So they already had a Facebook, but they said, all right, sign, you know, sign up for Instagram and Snapchat and let's see where it goes. And it ended up being incredible. And That's amazing. At, so when I started, when I started, I was like trying really hard to like make people know that like, Oh, I, I was born Catholic. And then, but it was like a learning experience that no one wants to hear your lies. Okay. Like, no. so for the first two months, I was like pretending like, oh yeah, I woke up this morning and everything was great. And I pray the rosary like 12 times a day. And like, you know, it reminds me of uh, that SNL character. What was her? I don't know, but she's always like, like one of her things is, oh, your ancestors came over on the uh, Mayflower. Well, mine came over on the April flowers. So mine are like before yours. <laughs> <laughs> like I was just basically like, anyway, it wasn't until September. So I started, I started the day after I got one year of sobriety. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And I started, you know, just doing the feast day thing, the canonization of mother Teresa was a huge turning point because I realized like, wow, the saints are so powerful. Yeah. And that's when I like I kind of started building my saint squad that I talk about all the time. Yeah. And I that's also around the time when I learned the Divine Mercy Chaplet. So Church Pop has been an integral part of my journey. Oh, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. And I feel like my my whole mission is that um when I was a young mom, I felt like you weren't allowed to have bad days. Like I had really bad postpartum depression, which was probably stemmed from the fact that I already had depression earlier in life and anxiety Mm -hmm. and all these things. And I would spend nights just like watching my son breathe because I was terrified. And I just thought like, well, nobody talks about this. So it's normal, you know, like this is all normal. And 
everything's fine and let's all just post like cute pictures of our kids on social media and your kids are really cute well that's how they stay alive no exactly (laughs) i think the cuter the kid the naughtier they are yeah same with puppies same with cats (laughs) as my cat is sitting on freshly folded laundry yeah he and she's really cute like i know and she's kind of a crap head but I love her. And she's just like Da Vinci. Like she knows when I'm getting anxious and she'll come sit with me and it's, it's crazy. But yeah. So I just felt like I was looking at these women as I'm developing this faith and I'm like curious and I want to learn things. And I felt like there were two issues. Every Catholic woman I could look up to was perfect. (laughs) And I was not her, you know? And they all had perfect kids who sat front row in church and they behaved perfectly <laughs> and they did all the right things and they knew all the prayers and they said rosaries as a family daily. And I was clearly failing at all of that. And that I was not allowed to show any of the things that I was struggling with mm-hmm. and any of the questions I had in my faith, like, I legit went on this like year long hunt after seeing somebody wearing a veil. I was like, why would somebody wear a veil to church? Like it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And I realized I grew up my entire catechism, whatever. I was never taught about the real presence ever. And I don't even I, think now that my mom even knows it, like she wasn't even taught to teach. Yeah, me, I know? was. I mean, granted, I do have like, I don't remember, but I think it's definitely a journey that you go through like, that I went through kind of something similar that I had to like rediscover. Exactly. And so I don't really know what this like, cause it's not, I never like left and went to a Baptist church, you know? So like, I wouldn't call it like a reversion, but like a redis. It is a reversion. I mean, I didn't go anywhere else. I mean, my church was like my bar, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but the I would, church but is I your world. Like you become know. idolizing the things of the world. Like, right. I felt like I was out there to prove to somebody that like, I was just this ugly, goofy, weird kid in high school and middle school. And like, now I know what a straightener is and I'm cute. And I got this dancer body and like, look at all these guys I can get, you know, like that's like this thing I was on. And then it became spiraling into all that it became. But I felt like everybody I looked up to was doing it right. And they were perfect and nobody had any bad past. They were raised as perfect Catholics Mm-hmm. And I was like, there has to be other people out there that get it, that like faith is not something that you don't question. Like, it's okay to be like, what is a divine mercy chaplet? Why would people pray that? You know? <laughs> and I feel like if you don't question, like, if you don't question it, is it actually real? Right? Exactly. You, like, you're basically being stagnant. If you, well, like, then it's brainwashing question. if you're not questioning anything and you're never getting exactly. deeper, you know? So, right. yeah, I was just... And, you know, I, everybody goes through phases, too, where, like, just because mm-hmm. I have a really strong Catholic faith and I now have a blog and a podcast about it doesn't mean that I don't have droughts where I'm like, oh, my gosh, right? You know, and I just want people to, like, look at that and be like, oh, mm-hmm. there's truth and reality to this. And, like, if you go searching for the truth, you will discard any of those fringe faiths because you go looking for truth and you find it in the church but that doesn't mean that life, that actually Jesus tells us life is not going to be easy, you know? And I think that's this false hope we get with this wishy-washy 
like Christianity we're given when we're younger that is never going to hold up when you go to college and no way. meet real times. Like this no. whole Jesus is great and God loves you and pray when you need something. It's like, no, Jesus literally tells us life is going to be pretty much nothing but suffering. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And that it's not this life that's supposed to be good, you know? Right. So I don't know. It's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to find people on social media and, I don't know if I'm living in a bubble, though. Sometimes I worry that, like, maybe we're in this Instagram bubble of all these Catholics and we have this false hope of the world. Okay, so this is where I'm stopping part one of the Caroline show. And if you've got any information or any questions or anything you want me to follow up and ask her on or really anything. If you have anything you'd like to hear about, hear more about things that maybe you don't understand that we talked about, then find me on Instagram, send me an email, let me know. This is the end of part one. Not quite sure how I'm going to splice this up. I might do a part two and part three immediately. Might have it be a little wait, wait and seizies, but regardless, you'll get the rest of this great talk. And hope you guys enjoyed it. Come back for the next episode and make sure you're following me on Instagram and stuff so you can get all the updates on when the next episodes are coming out. This episode is over, but there's lots more content for you to check out on my website. Head over to holyhotmessmom.com for all sorts of downloads, posts, and ridiculous stories, as well as the show notes for today's episode. Don't forget to find me on Instagram and Facebook at holyhotmessmom, as well as in our exclusive mama Facebook group by searching Holy Hot Mess Mamas. That's Holy Hot Mess, M-A-M-A-S. So we can connect, share, encourage, uplift, laugh, and be virtual best friends. Do you have a topic or something you want to hear about on the show? Shoot me an email at podcast at holyhotmessmom.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions. If you like this episode, would you do me a huge favor and head over to your podcast app and give us a rating and review so that more ladies can find our podcast. The more great reviews we have, the wider we reach with our support, tips, laughs, and encouragement. I would really appreciate it. Until next time.